Hey, it is uh, seven minutes after 10 o'clock. So I got this email. I was talking about legalizing gambling. I got this email uh, from a guy who apparently, uh, well, wants gambling to remain illegal uh, and dug up a study. And I went through the, uh, I went through this as the dumbest study I've ever seen. Um, it says uh, regarding gambling, you're ignoring the costs that get imposed on others by problem gamblers. Take some time to examine the numerous studies that have been looked into. And then he sends me an example. This all deals with we can't gamble on the Super Bowl, even though our own football team uh, is in it. Uh, and I argue gambling is, is my right. I have the right to do this. So he sends me this link to a study. Here, The abstract says uh, they look at uh, the costs to gambling. It includes lost work time and unemployment. Well, that's a problem for the gambler. That's not a problem for society. And it shouldn't be. Then they go on to say bad debts. Well, we got bad debts all over the place. Shall we quit letting people borrow? Uh, thefts, civil court costs, criminal justice system costs, and welfare uh, costs. Well, welfare... Who in the hell thinks the government should be providing welfare? All of these problems that they're associating are either problems that the gambler himself uh, have to deal with, has to deal with, because this is how this is how you change behavior. They suffer the consequences of their behavior, and that gets them to change their behavior. And uh, in the welfare state literally exacerbates the problem. So your problem, sir, is not that someone wants to gamble. Your problem is that the government doesn't want them to suffer the uh, the consequences of their behavior. No, gambling is not something the state should have any say so in. It just isn't uh, it just isn't their uh, their milieu. Uh, Gary Bill Eigel is an idiot. Please don't have him on your show anymore. No, Casey, he is not an idiot. I will continue to have him on the program. Uh, I suggested that the human condition is based in greed and that we are ungovernable in the long run. Kyle says, I agree with you. Human condition, greed, short memory spans. Uh, gambling is the tax you pay for being stupid thinking you will win or at least come out ahead. We can't protect people from their own stupidity. Well, I agree with that too. And and let's not forget, gambling is, uh, you gamble every day. You cross the street at the red light, you gamble that people will stop at the crosswalk, that their car will not just sail through. You buy stocks, you gamble that the company you bought in will um, you know, it, it, uh, it turn a profit. Uh, you gamble all the time. Should be legal. Um, there is a a town in Illinois that was using a, a drone uh, to help solve crimes, and there seems uh, to be some debate about using drones in law enforcement. Uh, I want to kick that around a little bit today and see what your thoughts are on it, uh, on that uh, concept for law enforcement. I, I don't think I have a problem with it. 
And you know what I have a bigger problem with are these license plate readers. Those things are really ubiquitous. They can they can put your life to, they can put your day together the moment you drive out your driveway. I understand that you're out in public. There's just something about it that bothers me that they store that data for any length of time at all. They have permanent license plate readers. I know they've got them on uh, 63 uh, between uh, Columbia and Jeff City. They've got them on the back of squad cars. And these police cars can drive up and down through the parking lot of the Columbia Mall or the mall in Springfield. And uh, they'll they'll gather all those uh, all those license plates. Ostensibly, it's done so they can, you know, find scoff laws. Maybe the car is stolen or the license plate's been stolen. And uh, this helps them to solve those crimes. And, you know, you're out in public. You're you can be followed out on the street by a police officer or anybody else. They can uh, uh, spot your car anywhere. Why should it bother me that they have these scanning devices? Why should it bother me that they're using drones to solve crimes? Or uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I wish I could tell you why. It's just an uneasy feeling. But they do it. They do both. They scan your license plate. You probably have no idea how many times your license plate has been scanned. They could put together... You know, you stopped at your mistress's house, uh, and then you went to work, or you you were someplace you shouldn't have been. Uh, they have all that information, and you have to trust that unless they're trying to solve a crime, they won't use it. Don't know of a case where they have used it. Maybe it is safe. I don't know. I just, I'm just not comfortable with. Being watched, no matter where I go, by the government. Um, maybe it's just me. Brian, does it bother you that they got these license plate readers everywhere? And Yeah, I mean, it's concerning because if the program grows into something that you and I <laughs> know it will... Yeah, that's when I have a. I don't have a problem with them just, you know, checking a plate to make sure that it's valid and... But when they start putting into a database and, you know, doing other things with it, that's when it kind of becomes creepy. Yeah, you see, the, I guess that's the real problem. Inevitably, the government, whatever program the government creates, it grows. Yes. It gets more powerful. Its tentacles reach outside the original limits. And somewhere down the road, this is going to be used to social engineer. Uh, I, I just... And I don't think law enforcement are to blame for this. I'm not blaming them. But I'm not comfortable with it, and I wish I could put my finger exactly on why. It's kind of like why. the PDMP, too. You know, I mean, it's like, it seems like, oh, it would be a good idea to make sure that uh, this person isn't abusing uh, medicine and doctors. But I, they're 
I don't know. It, yeah, it well, just seems you know, like we, there's something nefarious here going on. We found your car at uh, Dr. Smith's office, and then uh, an hour and a half later, you were at Dr. Jones' office. and Yeah. So we looked in to see if you were, uh, you know, prescription shopping. I just, I see that sort of developing somewhere down the road, and it bothers me. Let me go to the phones and see if I'm the lone ranger on this. Roy, good morning. If you're the lone ranger, I'm Tonto. I think I can make this clear. It's the technological equivalent of a search without a warrant. Now, I know there's public spaces that you're in, but they can put together your past and know where you have been and where you could possibly have been. And the same thing they were protecting from when we actually had property rights, they talked about your home and searching your home without a warrant. Well, you got nowhere to hide. Yeah, but as you point out, Roy, once you're out in public, if if a, if law enforcement wanted to follow me, um, I would get a lot of speeding tickets. I'll tell you that. Uh, if they wanted to follow me, they could do that. They could follow me to the drugstore, the shopping mall. They could follow me home, the barber shop, whatever, and it would be perfectly this, legal, wouldn't it? This makes them proactive instead of reactive. Well. Does that make sense? I don't know. Is that a bad thing? Yes. If they're if they're proactive, can't they perhaps interfere with a crime in, in commission and, and save lives? Can they come into your house and look for drugs or no. guns? No, but that's weapons? private but that's private property. Yes. It is private property, but the roads are only public property as an easement for transportation. But it is still public property, and they can follow me there. They can't follow me inside my house, but they can follow me down the road. They can follow you down the road because they can drive on the road because they have a license plate on their car. But I do, too. Yes, that does not make them superior. No, I'm, I'm not arguing it does. It just means whether they're using a license plate reader or following me down the street, they have you know, both accomplish the same thing. It's just a different methodology. Why should I be yes, objecting? I'm not obje objecting to the technology. That's going to keep progressing. But when you couple it with government power that can enforce their will on you, they don't need to just look into all the details of everybody's life so they can pick and choose. You can already see that they pick and choose who they want to prosecute. No, there's no evidence no, of that, Donald Trump. It's wrong. All right. Roy, Roy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Callers, hang on the line. Uh, Brian is insisting that we pay the rent, so we'll do that and come back and chat with you about these uh, cameras, uh, both uh, stationary and uh, on the back of police cars, and using drones to solve crimes as well. Cameras flying overhead, looking at you. You uneasy with that? Give me a call. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after 10 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski is uh, coming on board with us this morning. And uh, she has a whole host of uh, uh, topics that she wants to uh, that she wants to cover. And uh, give you an example. Uh, the Atlanta DA admits to the relationship with Trump, um, but defends her actions. I'd like to hear that. A uh, federal judge in D.C. postpones Trump's March trial on changes of plotting to overthrow the uh, overturn the 2020 election 
Uh, she's going to uh, talk a little bit about the Royals, much to Brian's... Uh, well, he was, he's was he just been waiting forever for her to get around to the Royals. And uh, have you seen these new Apple goggles, that new virtual reality I did product? see those, yes. Uh, apparently, uh, Jennifer has a pair. No kidding. That sounded dirty, but she I mean... She needs to bring those in, because I've never actually put a pair on to see what it's like. Yeah, I've never tried them either. Maybe we'll make her... We're just her old friend. fogies, I guess. Well, well, you are, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the Music Awards yesterday? I missed it. Darn. Old fogey. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, on cameras both on the street and on squad cars, and using drones to uh, follow you around to see if you've committed a crime or... It, it just that kind of surveillance bothers me. I, I can never put my finger on it, but it does. Um, let me see how Gene feels about it. Gene, good morning. Morning, Gary. How are you today? I am well. well I guess uh, to address your question first, does it bother me? Uh, honestly, it really does, and I don't know what your religious... Uh, uh, affiliation is, but as a Christian, I personally believe that what I do in my life, I'm going to answer for sooner or later. And so whether people are watching what I do or not, I think that there's a higher power watching what we do. So that doesn't bother me. As far as the technology itself, uh, it is useful. You know, we do pay law enforcement to solve crimes. And when you have things like serial killers and people that are out uh, doing repeat crimes, it is useful to be able to watch roads uh, coming and going to areas where crimes have been committed and they can see patterns with that so the technology can be useful the problem here is and i think this is why you have an uneasy feeling about it we know that anytime government gets more information sooner or later they always use it against the people it's already happening in china right now and you know we we flatter ourselves to say we have the constitution and all these things but uh we're probably not too far uh, or too many moves from being in a situation where our, our constitutional rights could easily be abolished. You know, uh, if we just had one thing where they just de declare martial law, well, as soon as they do that, your rights are gone, and then all this information they have against people can easily be brought out and used if they choose to do so. Yeah, it is that propensity for government to grow uh, and, and for programs to be abused Absolutely. That, that I find uncomfortable. I, 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 you know, if it, if I had some guarantee that you know they would drive through the parking lot at the uh, mall, uh, look at my car and the license plate, and realize that uh, I wasn't uh, wanted, and the car has the proper plate, and it's not, and then just delete it right away, I would feel a little less apprehensive about it. Right. All right, Gene. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Les, good morning. Hey, Gary, you were talking about violations of the First Amendment. I do want to point out that I-70 does have these uh, uh, license plate scanners. They're near the border of Callaway and out by the Rocheport Bridge. Uh, Fourth Amendment violations, you must understand, we must understand as a country and as a people that your car... Your car is tracking your every movement. Your car is listening to you. Your car is taking your picture. Your phone is doing the very same thing, listening to you, taking your picture, and knows your location. Even a lot of your appliances at home, your TV has a camera. So if you're watching TV, the, cam the TV's watching right, you and let's, listening let's, to you. Let, let's not go too crazy. There are some TVs that have a camera. Some. 
uh, not all. Uh, my phone does not necessarily take photographs when I don't ask it to. Wrong. No, I'm pretty sure. If, if you have Wi-Fi, listen up. Any of, of the Alphabet Soup's agencies can take a photo whenever they want to. No, they, not on my phone they can't. Well, you must have a dumb flip phone then. No, I don't. I actually cover the camera, so. <laughs> okay. Well, no matter what, they can't, but... Um, uh, it, it is disturbing to me in a variety of ways, and I, uh, you know, I wish I could trust the government not to abuse the information that they gather in public. I, I want to give you a joke, uh, Gary. Uh, I was at home, and I said, Siri, why am I having so many problems with women? And Siri goes, uh, I'm Alexa. Siri's taking a break right now. They listen to you all the time. Okay. <laughs> You'll get thank, it sometimes. Thank, yeah, I got Gary. it, Les. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, knee slapper there, Brian? I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, 874-9390. Toll free 800-529-5572. Uh, college financial aid applications have fallen by 57%. And, oh, there is a, you know, we're talking about surveillance and technology. There is a story in the Wall Street Journal about paying your taxes over the internet. And they don't think it's such a good idea. Uh, beware of e-filing your tax re uh, return. It raises security risks and can lead to unfavorable treatment from the IRS. I, Brian, I, I find it hard to I've ever heard that. Yeah, uh, we'll, go, we'll get into the details in this in the final hour of the program. Uh, smart business owners, they say, aim to, re to uh, make transactions simple and smooth for customers. At the Internal Revenue Service, the roles are reversed. Customers must adapt to the government's requirements. The IRS makes some taxpayers file an electronic tax return instead of mailing in a paper one. The trouble is that e-filing is both vulnerable to cyber attack and less forgiving for taxpayers. Uh, I've been e-filing the last few years. And now I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll give them a load of paper and let them read through it. And and instead of uh, putting all that information out there on the interwebs. You know what would be great? It'd be great if somebody would hack the Treasury and wipe <laughs> out everybody's tax returns. That would be great. Yeah, they'll never get through. That'll be the one place. The government fails over and over and over again. That'll be the one place they never fail. They, it just it just won't happen. Anyway, we'll get into that in the uh, next hour of the program. And uh, we'll talk about this uh, college financial aid. Did you see where uh, several of the uh, colleges are going back to using the SAT tests? I did see that, yes. Wonder why. Hmm. <sighs> So we'll do that. Kellyanne Conway also offering insight into Trump's veep stakes. Thinks maybe a person of color. When I think about that, there are really only a couple of choices, Brian. Uh, one of them is a senator from South Carolina. Actually, two of them are senators from South Carolina. Uh, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to be the female. We'll uh, kick that around with Jennifer.
She'll be with us in about five minutes on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1035. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Jennifer Bukowski will be with us. Uh, Uno Momento. She, you know, I think her, her, she's got that virtual reality goggles on. and She uh, does, yes. And she thinks she's actually on the phone with us. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. But she is going to come on. She's going to talk about uh, Fannie Willis, the Atlanta DA, uh, who's admitting to this relationship with the uh, Trump prosecutor, who, who I guess his his specialty was uh, divorce law, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, and got paid a big chunk of money, which he then spent taking her to all kinds of wonderful places. Yeah, nothing to nothing to see here. But I don't know that that takes away from the actual case. Uh, I'm not convinced that that, that's uh, really going to make the, the case go away. Although they are looking at uh, removing her from office, uh, the state is uh, thinking about doing that. Anyway, uh, Speedy Gonzalez is with us. Her name is uh, also uh, Jennifer Bukowski. She's a criminal defense attorney, keeps her eye on what's going on uh, in the country politically and legally, and she joins us now. Good, good, good late morning. Good morning, Gary. What happened? Your virtual reality glasses uh, give you the wrong time? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they got struck in my head the wrong way. So, <laughs> so you got them. Have you have you tried other virtual reality glasses? Yes. And there's a difference between the ones Apple is offering and and the ones you've tried before. Oh, definitely. These are transparent, so you put them on, and you still see the world around you. Um, I mean, they're not literally transparent because it's actually a camera that you're seeing. So there's like a microsecond delay or whatever. But uh, it's a alternate reality. So you could like see dinosaurs that look like all of a sudden a portal opens up and then they are and then they're leaning into your house. Or you can watch any of your Apple content, movies, whatever. You can have a screen size you want right in your house, and then you can either be sitting in your house or you can make it look like you're sitting in, like, the most stunning snowy mountain area with the stars in the sky and everything else or on a beach. You know, it's like you're no longer in your living room. You're somewhere, like, beautiful on Earth. And so... You can do your computer stuff, and your mouse is basically your eyes. Like, you're looking around at stuff, and then you, like, pinch your fingers uh, together to click. So you don't need a mouse or whatever, and uh, your eyes are your cursor, basically. So it's But the thing I don't like about it, Gary, is it's uncomfortable. It's really heavy on my head. Like, you've got a big head. It'd probably be comfortable for you. But I've got kind of a relatively little head. Brian, Brian. a little... Ryan, can we uh, can we can we find somebody else? No, she's second? perfect. She's perfect. She nailed it. <laughs> oh, for... <laughs> so, can I bring other people into this? Can I bring my Namorata in and have her sitting next to me? Uh, That's uh, the thing. No, and it's like a little awkward. Like Brent's like Brent's the one that had to buy the toy the day it came out, right? 
he's trying to show me, hey, look at this. And then it's like wanting to reset up the thing. So, no, it's not easy to share the experience. It's kind of a thing you're doing by yourself. Now, I'm sure there's going to be apps and stuff where you can meet people that also have their own $3,500 device. And you could be hanging out together. That's the way our other VR um, gadgets have worked. You know, like my brothers have, I forget which version of it, where they can, like, meet and be golfing together. But this one's just different in that it's like alternate reality as well. So, yeah, you can be riding your bike down the street wearing it or riding a motorcycle or whatever else and be fine. Some guy uh, was just busted. Cook. Some guy was just busted for driving his car while wearing a pair. I mean, I wouldn't see anything wrong with doing that because it's just like you can have it where it's no, you're not, it's not like other VR goggles where you are in another world and you can't see anything. You can see everything, but you might have a screen up where you're watching something or a screen to the side, or you could have like a timer above, like if you're cooking, you could have a timer above this pot and a timer above that pot. It'd be like having a little mini menu, like showing you a clip of how to chop an onion or whatever, whatever the case may be. There's going to be a million different uses for these things. Oh, we're going to need another distracted driving law. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, not, I mean, you can you can drive. I'm, you don't have to be looking down and touching your phone. You can be clicking with your eyes. You know, it's probably safer. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to have her bring him into the studio, Brian. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because uh, Gary, oh, yeah, Gary, and I have not yet put those on ever. Yeah, I'll bring him. Yeah, I'll I've, bring him I've never. I've never tried virtual reality anything. Uh, what? No, I've well, never. We are early adapters. We've got like every version of the different VR things here. Not everyone, but we've got like four different versions of it. We've been buying these things for years now, but this is the coolest one by far. All right. Um, I'm <clears throat> guessing that in, uh, in time, uh, the prices will be a little bit more reasonable, but Apple really... And hopefully it'll get more comfortable. Because this thing, I mean, really, it's heavy on your head, more so than the other ones. Maybe because it's like a full computer, basically. Could be. Or maybe it's that they don't make them square to fit firmly on your head. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you can adjust no, it. No, cheap shot. Yeah, she heavy. had it coming. <laughs> she had it coming, Brian. She earned it. She took a cheap shot at uh, me. <laughs> All right. Let's, the resolution, though, is unbelievable. Like, it's... It's gorgeous. Wow. Well, Apple really does pioneer some uh, pretty amazing electronics, so uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, maybe next week yeah, or the I'll week after. Yeah, I'll let you check them out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's get on to some serious talk here because Brian has been waiting for weeks for you to come up with some kind of royal news. I know, and I was sad. I thought of him when I saw the news announcement. The King Charles has cancer, so it's a sad story, but there's drama associated with it because now Prince Harry is flying back without Meghan to be with his father after this cancer announcement. The announcement said, well, to avoid speculation, we are uh, informing the public of this, but it didn't say what type of cancer, just that uh, he's, he's being advised to cancel his official public duties and he hopes to resume them as soon as possible but this is a uh, prince charles king charles one thing you can say about the guy you can't say he's not a hard worker i mean he's always been someone that is passionate about working and 
busy and oh you know he's no slouch so for him to cancel his public duties that is a red flag like this is something that could be serious i heard then i guess the gossip is that it's not that serious but when i heard harry's rushing back and he's canceling all his engagements it seemed ominous i heard it was uh, bladder cancer that's weird because i heard that uh, he had an enlarged prostate well that's that was the surgery but when they're in there uh, you know, you, you know they're going to look around to see if it's spread. Could be. Time will tell. Uh, I don't wish anybody ill, uh, so I certainly hope that uh, he gets over this. Do you have any idea now how, you know, what's the line of succession here? Yeah, sir, it goes William, and then it goes William's three kids in order. So uh, it would be his first son, then his daughter, because they changed that law. So now that it doesn't automatically go just to any son before it goes to any daughter and then to his youngest son, Louis, and then it would go to Harry if all of them were dead and then Harry's kids. So that's why I thought Harry was uh, disinvited from the royal family. He's no longer, uh, he's still in the line of succession, but he's no longer a working public royal. So he doesn't get the benefit of like, taxpayer-funded or whatever, or crown-funded security, which is something that he was whining like crazy about in that book Spare that made a bazillion dollars that was released a year ago, you know, right before, you know, his grandmother. It's just something else. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he made a ton of money on that and Netflix and everything else. So these guys have raked in, you know, uh, over $100 million at least of, basically airing dirty laundry on their family so he can pay for his own damn security. <laughs> and now that's a thing where it's like, well, he's, uh, where are they going to stay? He has to stay at Windsor Castle, but I think that's where his estranged brother stays. So uh, that's been turned down. Last time he came, he didn't even visit his dad when he was in town, uh, and he stayed at a hotel. So I'm glad, though, to see that he is, I don't know if it's opportunism where it's like, oh, here's just the excuse I need to have a meeting and then I get more material for my next podcast or if it's sincere. I hope it's sincere and I'm glad Megan's not going. You know, Brian, she sounded genuinely uh, uh, concerned about uh, the brothers. I I, I just noticed that she's she's really, (laughs) really, really into this. But listen. Uh, Atlanta district attorney admits to a relationship with a Trump case prosecutor, but defends her actions. I'm not sure that this, that relationship necessarily means that uh, this case can go away. I'm not sure what the how that might work. But we'll talk it over with Jennifer Bukowski right after these important messages on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10.51. Glad to have you with us. Jennifer Bukowski is with us, and uh, she, of course, a criminal defense attorney. Uh, and a political activist, and she uh, is pointing to this case in Atlanta. The district attorney, Fannie Willis, or Fanny Willis, I don't know how she's supposed to pronounce the name, uh, is admitting that she's had a relationship or has, has an ongoing relationship. Uh, her paramour is a prosecutor that she hired. But how does this relate to the Trump case? I don't know. Jennifer, is there... This doesn't... Well... I mean, we talked about this last week, I think, Gary, and it certainly, you know, further illustrates that this is like kind of corrupt. 
You know, this guy is billing for a meeting at the White House the day after the special counsel Jack Smith is appointed. You know, he's meeting with all of them and they're coming up with their strategy to go after Trump and interfere with the election, basically. So it just, it really, it taints it. But I don't know that it makes the case totally go away. But one thing that the pleadings have said is like, well, what what you guys have done is basically racketeering too if you are for the purpose of money, you know, personally benefiting or whatever else. And so she's saying, oh, no, no, no. Our relationship didn't have, start until 2022, not 2021. Well, the thing is, she he filed for the divorce and the next day he gets this gig. The timing is a little suspicious to me, Gary. It's like, okay, I, if you're like having an affair with a married man, you'd be like, okay, if you leave your wife, I'll give you this lucrative position. And so he leaves the wife and gets a lucrative position. I mean, that's something that someone could wonder if that's how things went time-wise. Or maybe she knew him and thought he was qualified. He wasn't, by the way, and decided to give him this lucrative position. And then they fell in love. You know, but they did go on a couple of trips together. And the divorce records uh, from his case, which is what kind of busted this whole thing wide open. I mean, people were aware of this relationship going on, but um, one of the lawyers got a hold before it got sealed of the divorce records. Well, then now they've been opened. And the only thing like that directly shows a connection were two different, you know, sets of plane tickets where he bought plane tickets for her, one to Miami and one to San Francisco. And she's saying, well, we just split expenses equally for those trips. That wasn't me personally benefiting. And I've said, in fairness, it's like, you don't really have receipts showing that like she's getting a kickback of half the money or 10% to the big guy, you know, here. Um, like, yeah, her boyfriend now is in a position where he can take her on trips more than he was before, probably, because he's got 600,000 and counting much more than that by now because that is that $600,000 $600, fee uh, figure was based on sunshine requests or from like last spring so it's presumably like 600,000 more by now right but uh, uh anyway it's a bad look but you're right I don't know that it makes the case go away but it does put her in some legal jeopardy for like honest services fraud or whatever else should Trump win. So it's going to make her want to dot her I's and cross her T's because there could be retributive um, criminal charges brought against her. And the state Senate is looking into this and they could adduce testimony. It remains to be seen whether she's going to be forced to testify in the divorce proceeding. But the wife is uh, her paramour's wife certainly blames her for this. If they're even trying to, if they're putting all this stuff in the divorce documents and they are uh, wanting to depose her to begin with. There's certainly no love lost between these two ladies, and she's certainly um, the ex-wife, I would assume, is blaming her for breaking up the marriage. <laughs> is, you, you implied that the prosecutor that she hired, her, her paramour, was not qualified? That's correct. So it's a RICO case. He's never prosecuted anything more than like municipal traffic stuff. It's not complex felony cases. Uh, he's got no experience with that, almost no prosecutor experience at all. And he was getting paid 250 bucks an hour, whereas the expert in Georgia in the state, uh, a white guy, by the way, was getting $150 an hour, which seems a little low to me, to be honest. 
for a uh, you know experienced attorney to be charging hourly, but it is you know a taxpayer funded thing. So uh, yeah, he was getting two hundred fifty bucks an hour, whereas other guy was getting one fifty, and he has no experience on these types of cases. So there's plenty of other people that actually are prosecutors that you could hire to be special prosecutors that have tons and tons of prosecutorial experience. This guy doesn't. He's a friend of hers, maybe more than a friend at the time she was hiring him. And that seems to be what the ex-wife thinks and what a lot of people are speculating happened. But that's what she's saying in her first statement on Friday. She's saying, you know, they always drop the news on Fridays so that we forget about it over the weekend. Yes, I am having an affair with him, but no, it wasn't happening at the time I gave him the job because that can kind of skirt around some of the uh, different legal theories that they could go after her on. Like, did you give him this because you were going out with him at the time kind of thing? Does that make sense? You know, I wonder if the state of Georgia has an alienation of affection law that allows her to sue. Oh, look at that. Busting that term out. (laughs) Huh? Uh, that's just a term I don't know if I've heard since law school. Yeah, where well, some states uh, sue for breaking up the marriage. Yeah, yeah, it was a common law thing. I I think most states have done away with that, but there are a couple in the South that still have it. I, I'll have to Google that over the next break and get back to you. <laughs> I, I we may have a way to really make her <laughs> suffer. Yeah, um, but, like yeah, uh, but I. I I understand the legislature is thinking of impeaching her uh, because of her behavior. They don't have the power to do that, I don't think. That's what this NPR article is saying. They can investigate her, but they don't have, um, they have little power to act against her, but they can subpoena testimony to seek to derail the case against Trump. Uh, well, I think the whole case, you'll pardon the expression, is trumped up. Uh, I think it's yeah. ridiculous. And, and it I, is ridiculous. And, and I, there's a part of me, and I talked about this this morning, that still believes it isn't going to be Biden versus Trump, that the Democrats know they're just strengthening Trump's hand in the Republican primaries, and that they're setting us up. McCaskill. I think they got too far over their skis, Gary. I think if they focused on, like, one of these cases... Instead well, of all of them getting greedy and filing everything, now people are going to ignore them all if he gets convicted or whatever because so so many of these cases are so absurd. Like now, I have this on the list too. Now that the D.C. case is postponed um, for the election interference case, now the weakest one, in my opinion, the hush money payments, that one might get rushed to trial now and so that they get one of these trials done before the election. But I think... Because they brought so many different things, people are just going to ignore them all. Well, the more they go after him, the better his case, you know, it, it reinforces the case he's making to voters about them just singling him out. Quick break. We'll be back. Jennifer Bukowski, Alienation of Affection in Georgia. We'll find out next. This is The Gary Nolan Show. 